0: Welcome to the Psychosomatic Medicine Podcast. What really is health? It may take a poet or a philosopher to really do that question justice. Nonetheless, it is an important topic for researchers as they try to understand why some people continue to thrive decade after decade, while others are more vulnerable to the physical problems that often accompany aging. An article in the January 2013 issue of Psychosomatic Medicine notes that the World Health Organization has defined health as a state of well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Most research, however, doesn't take this approach. Today we will be discussing an article in psychosomatic medicine that specifically looks at whether one aspect of well-being, a person's sense of optimism, is associated with levels of antioxidants, which are recognized as markers of biological health. My name is Victoria White. I'm the Managing Editor for Manuscript Production for Psychosomatic Medicine, I'm joined today by three guests. Julia K. Baim is the lead author of the article, Association Between Optimism and Serum Antioxidants in the Midlife in the United States Study. She is a research fellow at the Harvard School of Public Health in Boston. Anna Marslin is an associate professor of psychology at the University of Pittsburgh and an associate editor for the journal. And Suzanne Segerstrom is a professor of psychology at the University of Kentucky, Her research evaluates links among personality, cognition, and emotion on psychological health and physiological functions. Julia, your study definitely caught the attention of our editors and reviewers. Can you tell us about it?
1: We wanted to investigate markers of psychological health and physical health that indicate the presence of positive functioning, not just the absence of disease. So we examine the association between optimism, which is the belief that the future will turn out favorably, and antioxidants, which are biological markers that protect health. Now, familiar antioxidants include vitamin C, vitamin E, and beta-carotene, all of which can be found in fruits, vegetables, and other foods. Now, antioxidants help to inhibit other molecules from producing free radicals that damage cells and contribute to disease. So my colleagues and I investigated the association between optimism and nine serum antioxidants in a sample of nearly 1,000 middle-aged men and women. Now, we found that greater optimism was associated with up to a 13% increase in carotenoid concentrations. And we were also curious how optimism might be linked with serum antioxidants, either through changes in biochemistry or perhaps even in health behaviors. Now, with the data we had, we were able to investigate the second possibility, and we found that fruit and vegetable consumption and cigarette smoking partially explain the association between optimism and carotenoids.
2: Julia, I think these were very fascinating findings, and it's very interesting. I was particularly interested in your focusing on optimism, as a a positive attribute that's somewhat stable in individuals. And I wonder how you selected optimism as something to focus on um, within the range of sort of positive uh, psychological traits.
1: Well, for one thing, optimism has been linked with health behaviors, which are known to drive both disease and pre-markers of disease. So there's some characteristics of optimism that make it seem very relevant for whether or not people engage in health behaviors and subsequently have better health. For example, optimism might help people regulate progress towards goals, it might help people cope with stress and meet challenges, and it might help people recognize when goals are perhaps unachievable and thus they might disengage from their goal versus achievable and thus they might be able to continue with the goal.
2: Do you think your findings? Um, I know you you focus on optimism, but do you think your findings are
1: unique to optimism? Good question. So it seems like there are potentially other positive psychological variables, such as being satisfied with life, having purpose in life, having close intimate relationships with others, that might also be associated with biological markers such as antioxidants. There's no evidence to date for these associations so this is one of the first papers to investigate a positive psychological construct such as optimism in relation to antioxidants but there is some evidence to suggest that these other positive psychological characteristics might indeed be associated with say cardiovascular disease so it's very likely that they might also be associated with antioxidants as well. Julia with
0: your study design could you tell whether optimism was actually causing the results you observed?
1: One of the biggest drawbacks of this study is that it is indeed cross-sectional. So we can't tell whether optimism is leading people to have greater levels of antioxidants or whether people with greater levels of antioxidants, who are just more healthy in general, are also more optimistic about life. And Julia, for the non-research audience, I was curious if you could characterize the
0: size of the difference of the association between optimism and the antioxidants were these differences large enough that you suspect there may be a physical difference in the health of the participants in the study?
1: The effects are smaller than that which you would see if um, a person started eating more fruits and vegetables, of course, but they are statistically significant. There's probably a small clinically meaningful relationship in terms of health. um we're just not sure how these different levels of antioxidants might translate into health outcomes later on.
2: Julia, I thought that one of the most interesting aspects of the study was that you uh, showed that to some extent, the positive association between optimism and serum antioxidants was partially related to dietary choices. You mentioned fruit and vegetable consumption, and to Mm -hmm. smoking, uh, which I think is really intriguing in regard to potentials for intervention. I know that they only uh, contributed to a portion of the association, and I wonder if you could talk for a few minutes about just your thoughts about what other factors may be contributing.
1: Now, one possibility is that there's measurement error present in the assessment of health behaviors, but perhaps even more likely, there could be other pathways that are operating. Psychological factors might enhance those factors that increase the absorption of antioxidants, there's other factors that help influence the bioavailability of antioxidants, um, and this also varies by the type of antioxidant under consideration. So it is possible that there's this other pathway related to biological functioning that might be explaining the association between optimism and antioxidants. It's
2: very interesting, but I'm trying to sort of think about a take home message here, and it might be that. Uh, as well that these health behaviors do make a difference in regard to some of the biological processes that are related to health outcomes. In that regard, I found very interesting the fact that you didn't see an effect with uh, vitamin supplementation, which some people might have expected. Do you have any thoughts about that?
1: Yes, that was actually a somewhat surprising finding for us. Not quite sure why this might be, although it is interesting to note that larger uh, clinical trials of supplementation of different carotenoids and vitamins have similarly shown uh, null effects regarding benefits of supplementation. It could also be that supplementation through a pill is not quite capturing all of the complexities that, say, ingesting a piece of fruit or eating a salad might have. So perhaps in combination, antioxidants in the whole food translate into or are better absorbed or somehow interact in the body um, more readily than, say, ingesting a supplemental pill might.
3: Can I just add to that? This is Suzanne. Another issue when you're talking about eating fruits and vegetables versus taking a vitamin with regard to a positive psychological construct like optimism is that people are much more likely to eat fruits and vegetables for health-promoting effects, whereas sometimes people take vitamins for health-promoting effects. And other times they're, it's because they're more worried about their health or they're trying to prevent something or they're trying to even... Maybe mitigate or treat some um, disorder that they have. And so it might make more sense in terms of the total pathway from optimism to antioxidant levels that that pathway for optimists would go more through the kind of health promoting pathway and less through the pathway that might be more associated with things like health worry. Great point, Suzanne. Julia, let me ask you uh, a broader question. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting about this study is that. It's focusing on a biomarker that conforms to this more is better principle that is different from a lot of the things that we study. So we study things like inflammation and cortisol where more is worse, but then there's a point at which you just can't get any lower. It's as if you can, there's lots of room to get worse and not a lot of room to get better. Mm-hmm. And and antioxidants, it seems like it's sort of the opposite. Like there's lots of room to get better. And even if you have an adequate level of antioxidants, having higher levels is even better than that. It's like better than adequate. It is this idea of health being more than the absence of a deficit or a deficiency or a disease. So do you think that there are other things that we could look at people who study optimism and positive affect that would continue this idea that more is better?
1: Sure. So there's different biological markers that have this sort of more is better characterization. So for example, heart rate variability is one biological marker that has been indicative of this kind of positive functioning. Another example perhaps is high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, which is um, commonly referred to as the good cholesterol. So that's another case where good levels or higher levels of HDL cholesterol are indicative of kind of positive functioning. I should also note for all of these examples, it's good to have more in general, and the majority of people probably need a lot more than we already have but whether or not extremely high levels are beneficial is probably another question. Now
3: we know a lot about sort of direct neurological or neurobiological pathways between psychological states and negative sort of more is worse outcomes like the HPA axis, um, like the sympathetic nervous system. I wonder if we're going to be looking for similar kinds of neurological, neurobiological pathways for some of these positive outcomes.
1: That would be great. There's definitely a lot of research that could be done in this area to kind of piece apart some of these different pathways for both the positive side of things and the negative side of things.
2: So Julia, uh, we've been talking a little bit about these behavioral pathways and when I think about health behaviors like dietary choices and smoking um, and i think about levels of optimism it leads me to think about the role of socioeconomic factors and i know you controlled for socioeconomic um in your analyses but i'm interested in the role that they play and your your thoughts about that
1: well as you suggested we did control for socioeconomic characteristics in our analyses and so all of the associations we've been talking about today were actually independent of your typical demographic characteristics, such as education and household income. That being said, health behaviors are patterned by socioeconomic status and psychosocial uh, factors. So it is possible that some of these health behaviors are driven in part by socioeconomic status. I think it's interesting, too,
3: to think about the different possibilities, because this is a cross-sectional finding it leads to a number of questions about how these things might be related to each other. And optimism in particular is interesting because it's more changeable than a lot of other personality dimensions. It changes more over time and it changes in response to resources. So when people have um, more social relationships and when they make more money and they have more they also become more optimistic and that feeds back then, so that people who are more optimistic also have more friendships and they make more money and so on and so forth so where now the health behaviors play into this becomes really interesting is that the people who are optimistic both engage in healthier behaviors and have higher socioeconomic status but those two things are both following from optimism Is it the other way around? As Julia said earlier, do people who engage in healthier behaviors feel better about their future? And so building that health resource makes them more optimistic. I I hope, Julia, your longitudinal data will start to answer some of these questions for us.
0: That concludes our discussion of the article by Dr. Julia Baim and her group. To read her article, visit the Psychosomatic Medicine website at www.psychosomaticmedicine.com. Org. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or other podcatcher software.